Today, given the recent release of U2's 40-song album, Songs of Surrender, and their documentary on Disney+, we'll be discussing our top five U2 songs. And we'll be discussing Gout. This is Doctor vs. Comedian. I'm Dr. Asif Doja, and this is the Doctor of Laughs. Not a real doctor. Ali Hassan. Every episode, I pick a topic for Ali from comedy and entertainment, and I question him about it. Then Ali picks a topic from medicine and health and grills me on that topic. Now, you two recently released a 40-song album, Songs of Surrender, which is itself a companion to Bono's memoir from 2022, Surrender, 40 Songs, One Story. And they also have a documentary on Disney+, Plus, with the host of the documentary being David Letterman. So much U2. So given all this, we thought we would discuss U2, our fandom of U2, and we'll be discussing our top five U2 songs. And then you guys may have heard Larry Mullen Jr., who is the drummer for U2, is off, can't drum with the band. He's had a lot of kind of injuries and he needs a lot of surgeries for his joints. Now, there's no evidence that he has gout, but we're still going to talk about gout in our second half. So, Ali, let's start talking about YouTube. And uh, we, again, as Me? you said. Yes, they, <laughs> it, they're in the news. Not only are they in the news, uh, you know, commercially, Bono has actually been a hot topic in the Hassan home Ooh. as of late. Oh, yes. Because, number one, I had <laughs> my memoir and Bono's memoir came out at the same time. And uh, courtesy of some very kind um, bookstore employees... There are tables with Bono's memoir and Ali Hassan's memoir side by side. I have pictures of this. Wow. One picture was Bono, Michelle Obama, Chandler from Friends, and Ali Hassan, all four. So I was like, this is, what world is this? this is insane. So Bono has been, you know, there's a lot of those pictures where I was like pretty uh, excited. To, mm -hmm. I felt like I was in really good company. And then, this is something you know about, but I wanted to share this. My 17-year-old comes she's talking to my my wife in the dining room and then uh i hear my wife go papa come here come here you have to come here right now come call call your father so i go what's going on i think something weird's happening and she says to my daughter she goes tell him everything you just told me tell just repeat everything that just happened i need you to hear this I'm like, okay so apparently my daughter was like can i go to a concert and my wife goes which concert and she goes well they're, it, it, he's called Inhaler. And now Inhaler, you know, if you don't know, this sounds like death metal. You're mm -hmm. like, what's, what's Inhaler? What is this? And then my daughter, notorious for burying the lead, goes, well, his father is really, uh, uh, his father is really famous. Maybe you know his father. Well, who, what's his father's name? His father's name is U2. Like Jesus. So a lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I didn't know Bono had a son who was a musician. Second of all, he is not named U2. And third of all, she went to the concert and loved it. And actually, Asif came to our house and uh, almost ruined things by expressing his love for Inhaler. You said that Inhaler sounds a lot like Bono. Yeah, we played the like song on our Nepo Babies um, episode. We played the song, right? Yeah, so people kind almost, of got to... Um, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, so there that's your connection to the recent 
YouTube news. I mean, we're always connected in some way. Or yeah, they're always in the news for some YouTube, reason. Or we, we, we could yeah. talk a bit about some of their um, news, uh, news making uh, escapades over the years. But very quickly, YouTube, they're an Irish rock band from Dublin. And I'll, I'll just mention right now this uh, documentary, uh, which is called A Sort of Homecoming. It's on Disney+. Plus. Again, David Letterman's the host of it. And it's them doing the reimaginings of their songs. And that's what this new album, 40, uh, the 40 songs, the songs of surrender is about. It's, it's, it's reimagining of, of their previous songs. We'll talk about that album in a second. And so it's David Letterman kind of seeing them and, and exploring that and exploring. They Dublin. invited, they invited yeah, they, David they, Letterman yes, to exactly. come to Dublin just to, yeah. yeah to and, and really Dublin is the main character of this documentary. It's mm-hmm. really nice. I love Dublin. Have you been Ali, to Dublin? No, it's an amazing uh, city. It's, sore, so it's a sore subject, but yes, oh, hopefully yeah, sometime soon. Uh, and in the documentary, Adam Clayton, Larry Mullen Jr., who are the bassist and drummer, respectively, are not in it. Larry's off getting his surgery. Adam's one's injured a, and one's doing an art, art film, film, as yeah. they say. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. So It sounded a little bit like, eh, while well, he's off doing his uh, art film. It, did. it sounded a bit dismissive. So <laughs> yeah, it did. They uh, formed in 1976. They all went to the same high school and basically um you know they all responded to an ad and then they just started playing together Can and you then imagine? just um, just the coincidence and then you know quickly quickly uh were signed to a label 1980s war was their first major album we'll talk about that maybe in a little bit and oh, yeah. then, and then eventually 84's unforgettable fire was that was their first collaboration with Brian Eno and Daniel Lanois and I think that really rocketed them to the next level uh in terms of their stardom and I guess the rest is kind of history you know they've sold 150 to about 170 million records worldwide 22 Grammy awards more than any other band which is yeah. crazy to believe and in 2005 they were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on their first year of eligibility uh, Rolling Stone list at number 22 on its list of the 100 greatest artists of all time. So really... You too is it's an interesting thing because I know you're a, a super fan. And, uh, you know, I would say that my love for you too um, was huge. And then uh, after around 1990, it started to peter out, not because of anything they did, just my own interests went in a different direction. But I give them... Full respect, but a very interesting thing about you two, I always compare them uh, to Russell Peters because Russ people will be like, yeah, Russell Peters, he's not that good anymore. And it's like, well, he just did, he he did sell like three arenas back to back. So I, I think he's, he's okay. He's good for some people. And that's, this is the way I feel about you two people are like, ah, they're not as good as they used to be or whatever the complaints are. They sold out or, you know, they're getting old. They are still phenomenally successful mm-hmm. it is actually unbelievable how many bands you can you know name that have lasted this long i mean it's great 1970 it's insane yeah. it's insane come yeah. on this is more yeah. staying power yeah, almost than 50 years metallica right? than madonna than i mean this is not, yeah. not by much more than my madonna but this is like they definitely deserve some respect for their staying power. So they're like a band that just kind of convinced me. So I, when they were first getting to be popular in the 80s 
And uh, I wasn't that into them, to be honest with you. Everybody was kind of into him. Joshua Tree, Unforgettable Fire. I was like, I like these songs a lot, but they didn't really, you know, I, I was really that into them. And it just kind of over time, and especially as I've seen them in concert, I've probably seen them in concert five times now uh, over the years. And just, they're so good. They put on such a good show. And the other thing that got me back into them was a show, I've, a podcast I've talked about before, which is Are You Talking You Two to Me, which mm-hmm. is on Earwolf. It's Adam Scott and Scott Ackerman, uh, one of the funniest podcasts I've ever listened to, and they kind of go through their dis- discography, and then eventually they do interview them, and they've interviewed them a couple times now for the podcast. So they kind of, when people go back and you re-listen the songs and you hear the stories about the songs, you kind of, you know, develop this increased affection. So I do like them. I thought they're not this album, which we'll talk about in a second. Their previous album, um, Songs of Experience, was very good. It's one of their best albums uh, from a couple of years ago. Uh, so I think they're still producing good work. Um, so anyway, that's 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 how I kind of became more a fan uh, as time went on. Tell me about this. Have you seen this documentary on Disney Plus or yeah. Homecoming? Of yeah, course you yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, I watched yeah. it. It's uh, pretty Asif good. Asif got fully undressed, lit some candles in the middle of the night and watched it by himself. Uh, uh, I want to talk about the pedigree uh, yeah. associated with this. Like, as, as Asif said, they invited David Letterman, which is a great call, and David huge supporter and fan throughout the entire time that he had his uh, you know late night show executive produced by Ron Howard and Brian Gra- Brian Glazer if you don't know them you you know look them up arrested development that's all you really need to know <laughs> but, but like a huge... well Ron Howard a famous director we all know Ron Howard and Brian Glazer produced basically all of Ron Thanks. Howard's stuff and many many yeah. more things one of the biggest producers in Hollywood right and then it's uh directed by Morgan Neville mm-hmm. and Morgan Neville people may not know I I almost interviewed Morgan Neville twice and I'll tell oh. you about that in a second but Morgan Neville has a, a, a very very passionate about um a lot of art specifically music and food so if you are a food fan you know he directed Ugly Delicious on Netflix he's he directed Anthony Bourdain's Roadrunner, and that's where I almost interviewed him. But then there was this, maybe scandal's too strong a word, but there was this, you know, big uh, hoopla about the fact that um, they used somebody else's voice to uh, mimic Anthony Bourdain's words. Right. Right? So this is like, this is funny that we're having those, I mean, in, with the AI being what it is, we're mm-hmm. kind of in that, say, dancing in that same space. But I believe what happened was that Anthony Bourdain had said, had written something in his journal, had never said it out loud, so they used somebody else's voice to say those words out loud, uh, but never said, you know, it's not Anthony speaking. And, oh, they didn't use somebody else. Sorry. They computer generated it. Mm. They computer generated mm-hmm. So this, So then he had to push back the interview while he dealt with a huge mm-hmm. bunch Backlash, of blowback about yeah. this. Then it was time to interview. And then he was like, I don't think I want to, I'm, I want to be out of the spotlight. But anyway, he's done the Keith Richards documentary. He's done the Iggy Pop, Iggy and the Stooges mm-hmm. documentary, Johnny Cash's America. And the one thing I've seen of his recently, um, I interviewed somebody named Keenan Azme, and you should look up Keenan Azme. Phenomenal clarinetist, and and just works with people of all different uh, ilks, different musicians from all over the world. I was in Abu Dhabi in December, and his poster is there. He's oh, wow. comes. He's a, he's a world worldwide phenomenal phenomenal musician. 
And so this uh, documentary produced by uh, Morgan Neville is called Music of Strangers. You've got to watch Music of Strangers. Okay. And it's the Silk Road Ensemble, which is Yo-Yo Ma's ensemble, with Kinan Azme. And it's just, it's it's that. It's the music of strangers. It's Kinan Azme's, like, life, just making music with other people. And it's, I mention it because of what you said about you too. These are effectively strangers who answered an ad and just kind of mm -hmm. connected and made incredible music together for all this time. So anyway, music of strange to be, um, but yeah, the pedigree surrounding sort of homecoming is uh, pretty phenomenal. And as you said, Dublin heavily, heavily featured, almost like the lead, the, uh, you know, the front man of this band, uh, of, of this, um, of this, uh, and there's people in it as well. And one person people might know is Glenn Hansard. Uh, Glenn, we, people know him. He's a very famous singer. He was also starred and sang in the movie Once, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Then it was made into a play, one of my favorite plays of all time, a musical. So uh, he's great in it. And he talks a bit about the U2's connection to Dublin. And U2 in Dublin, they kind of, they say that living in Dublin keeps them grounded and they just kind of walk around the street and people say hi to them. And, you know, nobody treats them necessarily like the super famous ultra rich pop stars, uh, which kind of keeps them grounded. So we have three sort of things here we have it's funny that's uh, another way of saying the people in dublin are jerks but 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 not i but it, i, I think they're I mean? friendly to them <laughs> and, and and again like the, the best parts of that documentary are when they go to a pub you know where people are just playing music all sitting around playing music and they just sing their songs with them like it's yeah. really good that's the best easily the best part of the movie and and david letterman's good too out of all these three things so i haven't read bono's book okay it's also sitting it's i've read your book it's sitting beside your book on my uh, bedside table and i haven't read it yet i got it uh a couple of months ago um oh, as a no, gift from someone upset. so yeah. it, it's on my table to read we'll talk about the album in a second but this this movie is really fun i really suggest people watch it if you have an interest in ireland and dublin and uh and and it's kind of how the, how these guys grew up they grew up during the troubles and how that was reflected in their music and the catholicism of growing up in ireland and um, and then eventually the kind of uh, breaking down of the walls in Ireland and, uh, um, you know, the, kind of the end of the troubles. So it, very, very interesting uh, documentary. And of course, what they're doing is they're reimagining some of their songs uh, to, kind of in conjunction with the book that Bono wrote. So Bono's, that book is him basically picking 40 songs and talking about an instance of his life kind of related to that song. That's basically mm -hmm. what, it, what it is. And so they thought they'd also reinterpret some of their songs with this album. But 40 songs is a huge album. So it's nice, the documentary, because it kind of picks out kind of the best reimaginings and then shows them performing that at a small theater in Dublin. So, you know, that's a lot of fun. Uh, I would encourage people to do that. So the album itself is, um, it's a bit long. It's a bit, it's, 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 <laughs> it's fun. Because when you're a super fan and you're still calling it a bit long, that's, uh, I mean, that's the troubles right there. The but. thing is you don't have to reimagine all the songs. That's, that's the thing I would have appreciated if they picked like 10 to 15. These are songs that maybe we felt we didn't get right the first time and we, we they redid them so it, some of them are very interesting in terms of the reimagining so for example uh they've um updated the lyrics to sunday bloody sunday and uh and 
when you hear Bono saying, says some of these songs were unfinished or we update them, right? Because of course the troubles that ended and, you know, how are we in this new, um, this new milieu of Ireland. Uh, similarly, Walk On, which is from All You That You Can't Leave Behind from 2000, it was re- originally written for a Burmese academic, uh, Aung San Suu Kyi, uh, who was under house arrest, if you might remember, for pro-democracy activities sure. in Burma. And But then she was released and is now a state councillor. And now uh, Bono actually has criticizes her because she has inaction of for the uh, genocide of the Rohingyas. Uh, So he felt very let down by her. And so instead he changed the lyrics to honor uh, Zelensky from, from Ukraine. So that's, that's a very interesting kind of reimagining that he did. And there's other songs on there, like every breaking wave, which is from songs of innocence. And that album's not very good in my opinion, but that is the best song of the album, but it kind of felt a bit out of place because it's kind of this really good song on this album. So he reimagines it. I think it's a bit better in this reimagining. And there's other songs that aren't as popular, like Electrical Storm and uh, Song for Someone. Uh, those, those sound good. A couple other ones that are interesting, like End of the World and The Fly, they kind of do a couple interesting versions of it so i think i would check it out maybe listen to some um that, that maybe your favorites or ones you haven't heard in a while uh but i don't know listening to the whole thing all the way through is a bit much and and maybe you don't need to tamper with some songs that are stone cold classics as we say <laughs> as you say yes okay so ali why don't we get into our five top five u2 songs and we'll do them as we often do in reverse order so we'll start at number five we're each do our number fives and then we'll go from there Uh, i will try and man our soundboard and and play the songs as we go through them uh and uh i will start off do you have any honorable mentions because i have a whole bunch of course as you could imagine yeah you must have about 150 uh, honorable mentions i mean i was I would have loved to have seen New Year's Day there, you know, powerful song, great on your memories list. on my, uh, uh, no, on Bono's, wait, what am I, what are we honorable mentioning? No, here? I mean, you have top five. Yes. Like, do you have any ones that didn't make your top five that are really good? Yeah, I have like a bunch, but you know what? I'll focus on the five. You'll get the vibe here of what I'm, what I'm into. Okay. Okay. Well, let me mention my honorable mentions first, then I'll let you go. It's so hard. And this list changes every, like, as I was trying to make it over the past couple of days. So um, honorable mentions will be Where the Streets Have No Name. Didn't make my list, but that is a Stone Cold classic. Um, I love the video with them on the roof, you know, kind of playing their song. That was was great. Um, One of these honorable mentions I'll save, and I'll play that at the very end of the podcast uh, for our closing music, so I won't tell you what that is now. And the other one is Ultraviolet from Actung Baby. I love that song so much. Um, I don't know. What can I tell you? Stone Cold classic. And and enough that it was never released as a single, I don't believe, but you've seen them play. They've played on SNL. They've played it in concert many times. So I think it is one that kind of resonates with people so those well are my- i'll tell you i'll tell you one that is a a honorable mention for me and i just gave you a hint about what it is it's oh, called one yeah <laughs> uh and the reason is more than the song itself which i enjoyed but uh, it's um memories of uh our friend q pulling out his guitar you know around a fire and singing that song mm-hmm. And it was great. This song really, it loses uh, everything it's worked towards when you have like 
11 men around a camp comp, campfire going, what? <laughs> you know, at the very end, that's where it really it just sort of falls yeah. apart. But before that, it's, uh, it's yeah. just a fantastic song. Just good memories. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you start with your number five? Number five. What's the order here? What order are we going in? Let's do reverse like... order. So save your number one for the end. That's the order we always do things in. But anyway. Okay. All right. Um, I think Beautiful Day. I think I'll say yeah. Beautiful Day, number five. There this is we nice. go. Beautiful day, positive song. Although it 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 was, and this is what I do like about U two, and this was the original reason for me liking U two that a lot of their songs had some sort of meaning attached to, like a really just kick ass song. So the lyrics of this song were inspired by Bono's experience with Jubilee 2000, which was this benefit he was part of where they were urging politicians to drop the third world debt. I had a connection to that personally. I had studied poli-sci in our final year. We were studying the IMF, World Bank, these ideas of structural adjustment and these countries that would be forever indebted and never be able to get out and have any sort of independence. Um, so I don't know. I had a connection to it. And also he describes it as a song about a man who has lost everything but still finds joy in what he has uh, left. And I don't know. It was uh, it was nice. It was a nice, positive song. It's not something that I, I would have liked maybe, you know, 15, 20 years prior to that when I was mm -hmm. an angrier man. But uh but I do like this song. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, a quick story about that. So Paul Martin was the Prime Minister of Canada several years ago. Bono was talking to him about raising the amount of money spent on foreign aid. And it, so much so, that it was very strange. They played a concert in Ottawa, which they don't usually do. They usually skip over Ottawa because we're a smaller town. But they did play a concert here and Paul Martin was honoured. And then Paul Martin did not raise the amount of money spent on on foreign aid and so what he did was pano at one of his concerts in vancouver gave out paul martin's personal phone number on the screen and told everybody yeah he seems like a nice guy so just give him a call and uh, i'm sure he'll, he'll be yeah, listening oh that's hilarious us, he was pretty angry and guess what never came back to ottawa no certainly not so for my number five i have two uh, songs the time so Come I will I, I know it's, it's such a cheat it's a cheating so I, I picked one as well and I, these two songs are very similar so I, I picked them together so I won't play one because of of that so uh, but I picked with or without you and yes, this is another similar what's that very similar with or without yeah. you bit more of a drag to me oh okay well this is with uh with but in particular i like um the with or without you there's a, a live version where he has different lyrics that he puts in i talk about uh stars shining in the summer sky i love that part i love that line so um we'll play that right now
Uh, anyway, so I, I like the song a lot. I, I, I think it's because I've seen it in concert so many times and I really, really enjoy it. So that's my number five with or without you. Okay. My number four, 11 o'clock mm, TikTok. An oldie but a goodie. Oldie buddy goodie. So this song is from 1981. And to me, it feels like if you didn't know it was 1981, you'd be like, oh, they were influenced by like The Cure. Mm. It's a little bit reminiscent of Cure or maybe New Order. So, no, no, this is 1981. These are the guys. These are the guys establishing this very cool sound. And I don't think I heard that song until I was in high school. So more sort of closer to the late 80s. Um, so I lump it in with uh, other types of songs that it doesn't belong with. It is uh, it is a leader. It is uh, it's just a great rocking sound, and uh, and I yeah love it. So I'll uh, pick for my next one, uh, "Bad," which is from the Unforgettable Fire. This is a very similar story to 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 you, Ali. Like I didn't really know this song very well, and then people would play it around the campfire. My friend Corey, my friend Fauzi would sing it, and uh, I love this song. It's great. It it's kind of sets the archetype for these kind of slow melodic ballads that they'd become famous for um it's just so good uh a nice alternate version on songs of surrender uh so yeah my pick is bad My uh, next song, which I love off the album War, is Two Hearts Beat as One. Good song. Good song. I don't have any proof of this, but uh, it has been suggested that it is about the division between Ireland and Northern Ireland, how people wish, mm. uh, you know, it, th- there was a unity between the two and this kind of stuff. So I, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, you know, power of the pen, power of the sword. I, I'm not sure, but uh, you know what, whatever it is about the song slaps. Can I ask you, Ali, did you own these albums at the time? Like their early, early albums, Boy War, Unforgettable Fire. Did you own these albums? I think albums? I had War only, okay. nothing else. I okay. never had any other. And no, not at the time. It would have been a CD. Okay. It was a CD, so I got it much later. You okay. Know? okay. Just wondering, just wondering. Yeah. Okay, so then my next one is, uh, it's actually from Rattle and Hum, which is considered one of their lesser albums. Uh, You know, it's a double album. They have some live songs on it as well. Um, People thought they were getting a bit too much for themselves. And that album is Mm -hmm. a lot about Americana and and their experience in America. And so I picked Angel of Harlem. 
much. Uh, and yeah, and yeah. it's, I just remember, so I used to have a paper route, uh, like back in, like when I was in, um, I don't know, whenever this album came out, 1990 or so. So I'd go around delivering papers and uh, it would be freezing cold. So I'd listen on my Walkman with my headphones and I'd listen to the radio. And uh, the song was played so much back then. So I totally remember it just from walking. You would yell out the words, Angel of Nepean. You would yell as you're walking. That's right. And uh, it's my go-to karaoke song. Really? Yeah. I don't think I, I sing it very had... well at all, but it no, is. I didn't know you had any go-to karaoke. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, so that's mine. What's your number two? Number two, as I said, tied with 11 o'clock TikTok, tied uh, with two hearts beat as one is I Will Follow, mm-hmm. 1982 song off Boy. Um, it's a fantastic i don't know it also like i liked it then but i listen now and it puts me in a mood like this is a song you want to get ready to go out you want you know get people get the get get the gang whether that gang is your family or your friends unified moving quickly it's a great it's just it rocks so hard such a great song i think it was from 1980 by the way oh i thought boy was 82 no i think you had that war and boy reversed i think um, I was just a kid back then, but um, I'm pretty sure because I just looked it up as we were talking. <laughs> That's I mean, the level of uh, of of research that goes on. Fandom, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fandom. Uh, okay, so my number two is "Pride in the Name of Love." Uh, this is from the Unforgettable Fire, their first single. When I heard this song, I can remember seeing it on Much Music, and Much Music was the MTV of Canada back in the 80s it still is but nobody watches it anymore um i saw this and i was like what is this and, and it was melodic it it was, had a message about martin luther king i just i couldn't believe it I, i'm like this is this is great and i love it and so uh um yeah number two is pride in the name of love do our number ones each and but, but but before we do that i can i just add that that is another one of these songs that gets a little bit like in the name of love. I, mean, I don't know what ha- there's a few songs that just start droning and i'm like yeah this started good and then it's just like Ugh, i can't hear this anymore i don't know why there's a few u2 songs like that and they are not on my list for that reason. Okay, number one song for me, and this is going to be a bit of a buzzkill, but it is Sunday Bloody Sunday off the album War. One of their most political songs. There was a time where they were not going to sing this song anymore. 
Uh, Asif mentioned the Troubles earlier. If you don't know, that is in in Northern Ireland. There was uh, the song is particularly about a day in 1972, Bloody Sunday, uh, an incident in Derry when mm-hmm. uh, British troops shot and killed civil rights protesters who were unarmed protesting mm-hmm. peacefully, right? This, you know, when I heard this again, this was late 80s that I first heard it. I didn't hear it when it came out uh, on the album War. But by the time I had heard it, I had also learned about similar massacres that the you know, you know committed by the British in India. There's a very famous Jallianwala Bagh massacre, the uh, also known as Amritsar massacre. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, peaceful protesters protesting this uh, act, the Rolled Act, about you know basically you know extended um, extending emergency measures so that you have like uh, detention for no mm-hmm. reason, no trial, no d- judicial review of, of of protesters. So they were protesting these the, the, this act, and again, uh, depending on who you listen to, somewhere between four hundred and twelve hundred people were were murdered. All again you know, uh, peacefully protesting and they were, much has been written and documented about this, um, the British army sort of, um, I can't remember the name of this, General Dyer. General Dyer hmm. was uh, was the guy who ordered all these people uh, uh, shot, mostly Sikhs. And well, so yeah, I, I had that in mind and I'm listening to like, oh my God, that was 1919. And like, this is the 70s where this happened with the British. And I, I remember, you know, already an angry young man, my rage against the British was, uh, was, uh, was percolating. Mm-hmm. And um, this, this song just hit me in a, in a spot, just knowing what it was about. And I think I was also, you know, in the 80s, 90s, I was really somehow, I was listening to a lot of Iron Maiden as well. And that's also a band that the songs are about something and very meaningful. It's, it's more than poetry. It's storytelling. It's incredible. Right. You know, it's historical documentation. It's all these different things. So this song is probably one of the best songs I've ever heard by any band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we're talking about number one of you two, it's got to be there for me and you know i mean that's the whole point of art take something specific make it universal right and that's mm-hmm. what, the, what they do with that song no i can't disagree with that it's not my number one song my number one song is acrobat acrobat is the second last song on actung baby actung baby uh, we've talked about it before on the podcast it's one of my favorite albums of all time uh and this song i you know it's one of the that grows on you i didn't really listen to it too much when it first came out because it wasn't released as a single it's not one of their hits but slowly it's become more and more popular. Again, it's one that they sometimes will play in concert, even though it was never a single. And I think it's because it resonates with a lot of people. I just think the songwriting is perfect in this. Uh, Yep, I love it so much. Interesting number one choice. I like it. I like what you're saying. I don't know if I like the song. Play it right now and I will tell you. Okay. Uh, Remind me about the song. I've definitely heard the album. Probably driving around with you because you played it ad nauseum. But uh, yeah. Let's hear it. And Ali's opinion is? I like. I like. 
so that's our top five. Uh, let us know what you guys think. You know, they have such a huge number of albums. It, 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 you could pick so many different ones that, that might be your favorites. Yeah. One of the things you might think is that Ali Hassan is really stuck in the early 80s. And yeah. uh, you wouldn't be wrong, especially as it pertains to you 2 I think also it like speaks about a time and memories that I have. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, too much other music came out for me to continue listening to you 2 That doesn't say anything negative about them as a band, more about my own, you know, where I allocated my time. But I think the documentary is worth watching. And if you're a fan, I'm sure, uh, as Asif will tell you when he finally picks it up off his night shelf, his nightstand and reads it, the book is probably worth reading too. All right, Asif, we're going to talk about something now that has something to do with you two. Well, uh, you know, as I was referencing before, the drummer for you two, Larry Mullen Jr., is off getting surgeries on his joints and his back. And there is zero evidence that he has gout. But there's zero <laughs> evidence that he does not have gout. Yeah, I either. see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Well, uh, good news. Somebody here does have gout and that is me uh so i know more about gout than i ever cared to i remember as a as a as a young man my friend zach his dad mr moose that's a real Mm -hmm. human being mr moose had gout (laughs) i remember him limping around in excruciating pain and i was like whatever that is i don't want it uh not realizing that I was working full speed, full, <laughs> all, all gears, full speed ahead. Uh, what is it? All pistons blazing. I don't know. Full don't speed know. ahead. Yeah. yeah. I was working. Uh, let me think. For the weekend? Working yes. For the weekend? There you go. Yeah. Uh, little did I know that I was working overtime my entire life to get gout. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, I think this is a good episode to share with people, uh, how not to get gout. What is gout? What it looks like, where you should go when you get it. I, um, I'll share my own personal experiences as we go on, but why don't you share sure. with people? And by the way, have you ever seen a child with gout? No, never. It's very practice. unusual. Very and unusual. And if that happens, if that starts happening with regularity, cause remember there was a time where no, kids don't get diabetes unless it's the juvenile diabetes. And now you see many more children. So yeah, anyway, that's a bit more type two, but you know, which again, we keep promising we're going to do a full episode on type two diabetes, which we it's should probably. It's not my do. fault. You don't hold your promises, hold yeah, yourself to your promises. Uh, okay. So let's talk about it, buddy. What is gout? First yeah. and foremost, so, what are we talking yeah, about here? It, by the way, just to answer your question, it rarely could occur in kids because there are some genetic disorders can, that can predispose you to it, but it's very, very unusual. So mainly adults. So basically it's, it's, it's called a crystal induced arthropathy. So arthropathies are joint problems, joint pain, joint destruction. Uh, and it's because of crystals. So crystals literally form, uh, not the crystals that people read to tell you your fortune. No, you can't see your future in these ones. No, I mean, okay. future, lots of pain, uh, is, uh, so it's, it's caused by monosodium urate monohydrate crystals. 
Okay, so these are formed from something called uric acid. So uric acid builds up in your blood and that can build up in your blood over years. Some people say it even starts in the second decade of life and just keeps on increasing over time. And then eventually you'll have this deposition uh, uh, in your joints and in a acute or a rapid change in uric acid uh, levels can cause a, a gouty attack or a gouty. flare. Gouty. Mm. Uh, and uh, that's, that's, that's what, you know, people have these excruciating attacks. Well, and before we get too far ahead of ourselves, uric acid in the body is a completely no normal phenomenon. Is that right? Like everybody has uric acid at some Everybody level, has or? a certain amount because it's, right. it's seen in the breakdown of certain um, uh, foods foods and products. So everybody will have a certain amount, but you, some people will develop an elevated level. That's assumed to be perhaps hereditary in about 63%. Uh, oh, that's a lot. Know, so, so yeah. So basically uh, you have this inability to excrete uric acid in patients who develop gout. That's the primary problem. Sometimes it's because you produce too much, but that's not usually the problem. It's because you can't get rid of it. So then when you take extra uric acid in or foods that can eventually down the metabolism pipeline produce uric acid, uh, then you can end up with, with these gout attacks. Okay. And uh, yeah, so a gout attack, what does that look like? What does that feel right. like? Is it visible to the naked eye or is it just something that you... Yeah. So this is, this is the, this is the, uh, the, the main evidence that you have this because you can check uric acid levels, but they're not that correlated uh, with having uh, gout necessarily. Uh, so people with gout will have elevated ser serum uric acid, but the reverse isn't necessarily always true. So basically you'll have this flare, which can be uh, triggered by an acute increase or sometimes decrease in a, in a uric acid level because it could be the change. Uh, and so this can lead to this uh, you know, the production of more crystal crystals or shedding of crystals. And so the things that can tr produce an attack, first of all, are acute alcohol ingestion, uh, overindulgence in certain foods, we can get into that, that are high in purines because purines, when they're metabolized, give you Turn acid. into uric acid, okay. Uh, rapid weight loss, dehydration, or, or physical trauma. So basically you have excruciating pain, swelling, inflammation, the most common place is the metatarsal phalangeal joint of the great toe. So your big toe, okay, you're looking at your big toe right now. So you have, if you start your nail and work backwards, it's not that first joint, it's the second joint, okay? Kind of where your toe connects to your foot, if that's... Got it, yeah. Uh, right? And so the other name for that is Podagra. Sounds like a podcast. Poda a podcast network. Let's start a new podcast network. You're listening to... Podagra, Dr. V comedian on Podagra. Okay, and uh, it's the initial, this Podagra, this swelling of this specific joint is the initial manifestation in 50% of gout cases and eventually 90%. But you can also have other areas. So like yeah, why, why is that, by the way? Do we, do we know why? Because you said joints at yeah, the beginning. I, I'm, I've always heard that, that's but it's a good never point. in the hips, never in the I'm shoulders. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why, because it can be other areas. Your your instep, ankle, wrists, finger joints, and knees. It's usually smaller joints. Mm. I don't know why that one is is predisposed. My rheumatology colleagues may know. It's a, it's really a question. I, be honest, I don't know the answer. Um, so you, these attacks start and they start off kind of slow and they build up, reach maximal intensity about eight to 12 hours. The joints may be red, hot, and exquisitely tender. Some people say even a bed sheet 
is too uncomfortable. Mm, uh, and and uh, you know, if you don't treat it at the time, it usually resolves within about two weeks. Um, so that's basically the gout attack. I don't know if you, you want to jump in. Is this is this ring any? Yeah, bells? no. Well, I you know you said uh, you called it an arthropathy, mm-hmm. and you also said my rheumat- rheumatologist colleague. So, is, does this fall under like rheumatoid arthritis? I mean, no, not rheumatoid arthritis. So a rheumatologist, even though they have a room in the name, you think, oh, it's rheumatoid arthritis. They're specialized in joint problems. So right. my mother, because she had rheumatoid arthritis, yeah. saw a rheumatologist. a rheumatologist. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So the common things they see are something like rheumatoid arthritis. They'll see patients with lupus. They'll see patients with osteoarthritis, lupus. which is the more typical arthritis that people develop. But then they'll see other things like gout because it's a joint disease. Do you know the nickname for gout? In common parlance, also uh, known as the what? I don't know. Rich man's disease. Oh, right, exactly. Okay, well, uh, my joke uh, on stage is like I skipped the rich part. Son of a gun. Advanced uh, yuck, right yuck, to, yuck. Yeah, that's a good joke. Okay, so let's talk about why it's called that. It's because uh, uric acid, as we said, is a breakdown of purine, and there are foods that are consu- that you can consume that are very high in purine. So you need to avoid these or consume them in very low amounts uh, uh and we talked about alcohol beer actually has the highest levels uh yes. and that could precipitate attacks of gout uh you also want to maintain your hydration they say eight glasses of water per day or other liquids like non-alcoholic beverages a day to avoid gout but should we talk about some of the the highest ones the things with the highest uh period what do you mean should we what are we doing here of course we should no, no, I meant, I, I well, sorry, I meant to say, do I want to have you guess? You hate guessing, but. I mean, I know, know. a bunch of them, right? Yeah. Like, okay. uh, obviously red meat is way up there mm-hmm. and, uh, and organ meats are up there. Yeah, right? I know organ meats are very high. Very Especially, high. Mr. Mr. Moose, yeah. the, the Parsis, oh, no. they were Parsi. They loved, uh, you know, they, they would have brain sort of draining oh. in the sink. I remember from oh, time boy. to time, a lot of liver and kidney. And, and sometimes non-human brain too. So that was. Just, what they're not the... zombies, guys. Okay, stop it. Um, <laughs> so, organ meats, especially. The last of us, eh? That's right. Especially the pancreas and thymus, apparently. Smelts, sardines, mussels. So, organ meats, smelts, sardines, mussels. Those are the ones with the highest uh, thing. Out of all those, Ali, you love smelts and sardines? Smelts, I don't have often, but there is a restaurant in Toronto. Mamakas, a Greek place. Oh, uh, the they do deep fried smelts which are just like kind of like a bar snack almost like instead of french fries you get these you know flash fried smelts fantastic gout or no gout i'm i only go to mamakas a couple times a year but every time i'm like i gotta have the smell i gotta do it sardines i'm actually a big fan yeah yeah i mean the only time i ever eat sardines is when i'm with you so i figure you like them mussels i think you're an average fan of mussels like mussels average fan i used to make mussels quite a bit and i used to eat mussels a fair amount i feel like there are just better options now, but I used to make a Thai style mussels and I was kind of like inspired by, you know, the French style of making mussels is very, very simple. Just some garlic and Mm -hmm. white wine, maybe a herb or two. And I was like, instead of white wine, let me put some, you know, little curry powder and coconut milk and ginger and red Thai uh, bird's eye chilies. And uh, I would really jazz that up. So I had quite a love. What I the reason I'm bringing all this up is because these are things I've eaten plenty of throughout my life, with the exception of 
uh, organ meat. I don't, I don't need a ton, but I've, I've mm-hmm. tried everything here and there. I would say that's in, in major moderation, the way I approach. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Meat. So that's, that's a couple more things that are moderately high. The other ones oh, are and, super and high. I hydrate. I, hand, I hydrate quite a lot because yeah. of the drinking of the almost exclusively beer. I don't oh, really boy. care about other alcohols as much. Yeah. Terrible. So, uh, other things that contain them, anchovies, trout, haddock, scallops, uh, salmon, and then we're talking about other things like, um, as you said, red meat. So veal, uh, lamb, uh, liver, right. Or another organ meat, uh, bacon has high amounts, turkey. So as you said, lots Good of meat, Lord. not all red meats, not all red meats because turkey. Yeah. So, sure. Um, these are, th- so basically to avoid an attack, that's, that's one thing to do hydration, avoid alcohol, especially beer and avoid these things. And this is what you're saying. It's a rich man's disease because of these, you know, again, organ meats, these are like delicacies in a lot of, yeah. Uh, the only thing missing from that list to really round out the rich man part is, uh, some, some high end scotch, right? <laughs> if it wasn't beer, cause beer is quite pedestrian or it can yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, if it was some nice scotch or high-end tequila or something that would really make it a uh an awful disease but it is actually an awful uh do you call it a disease it's more of a condition probably yeah no it's a disease yeah it is yeah i mean i will say that here's my my situation is that uh i had gout in um numerically speaking i had gout so what that means is that uh we did some blood work found out cholesterol was high. This is going back to 2020. Cholesterol was high. Um, what else was high? Uh, like the bad cholesterol, obviously. Why would I even mention it? If it, Cholesterol was high. Liver was inflamed and, uh, and I had gout. So there was a, a bunch of things going on. But let me just say this. Is this a good time to talk about the cure? No, hold uh, on, hold on. I won't talk about the more. cure. I will say this. I will say this. I had not had an attack around my toe. I had not had an attack around any joint. My doctor was like, you have gout. I was like, man, I don't think so. He's like, oh, the numbers don't lie. You definitely have gout. And I was like, well, I've never had an attack. He said, you consider yourself lucky because once that, uh, you know, uric acid crystallizes, it'll always be there. It'll always come back. And yeah. So I, I, I don't think he's correct. Okay. (laughs) So everybody, everybody deserves a second opinion. I don't know if yours is or he's yours. It's a lot of, um, there's a lot of controversy about this, but essentially most experts say just having high uric acid levels does not mean you have gout. Are you at risk for it? Probably. So you've never had a gout attack? Never had a gout attack. You just named all my favorite foods. Of course I'm at risk of it. There's no of doubt course, about yeah. that. <laughs> so, so you probably, yeah, so, so just a uric acid level alone cannot necessarily diagnose gout. And so is it probably a good idea that you minimize those things so you don't develop it? Possibly, but there are people with high uric acid levels who never develop gout. So it doesn't mean mean that you have it. I get very tender ankles often Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, where I can't really walk on my ankles easily. I'm like hobbling. Mm -hmm. Part of me wonders, was that gout? Is that what was happening there? But uh, as far as a joint getting this type of pain where a bed sheet is painful, no. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah. So it's, it's excruciating. The other thing you can get is what are called uh, tophi. 
uh, on the ear. So, um, really? do, do you want to take a look? There's it's on multiple our... pieces of tofu on the ear. No, no, no. Look at our Google Doc and scroll down to the bottom, and you see kind of these these tofu, which are these deposits. Mm. You can get ear. You can see them. They can be other areas as well. You see those? I do. I don't like looking at them. They'll be in our our Instagram, so you guys can take a look at some of these. So anyway, so these are other kind of manifestations as well, again, of having uh, this high uric acid. Um, Before we get into the treatment, let's just talk about a couple other things. First of all, you might be wondering how common it is. It it occurs in about almost 4% of of adults uh, in, in, say, the U.S., which Mm. is about... I would have thought it was higher. I would have thought it was 10 given the standard American diet and those things you named that, that put you at high risk, but okay. The other thing to think about is what other things can be associated with it in, instead of just the foods, right? Yeah. Uh, so the things that are associated with a higher incidence again are hypertension. So high blood pressure, diabetes, kidney problems, high uh, triglycerides and high cholesterol obesity, anemia. So a lot of the things that cause a lot of the other problems that we've talked about previously in the podcast mm. can also uh, predispose you to gout. And as we said, uh, can it can be hereditary in some patients. It's not like we have a gene we can test, but it can tend to run in families. So treatment is managed in, in a few ways. So first of all, treating the attack when you're having one, that exquisitely painful attack, usually we use NSAIDs. Exquisitely makes it sound Exquisite. like it's very sexy. We, no? no, no, we use that term in medicine a lot. Exquisitely You're, tender. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. For your abdomen when you have appendicitis, exquisite tenderness in the right lower corner. Oh, man, I've never heard that. And I would have not, I would have thought that's a misuse for sure. Exquisite has only been a very well, positive word in my life. Dude, just because medicine uses it doesn't mean it's an appropriate use that's of the true. term. Like, that's it, true. It happens all the time yeah, with my... Yeah, colleagues. Anyway, so first thing we use is NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So uh, things things like like ibuprofen, but indomethacin is probably the anti-inflammatory that's used the most. It's a bit of a stronger uh, anti-inflammatory. So use that at the time. Um, you can use other treatments as well, but usually that's what we do. And then we can go on medicine to prevent attacks. So one of the medicines is colchizine, which can actually be treated in acute, used to treat an acute attack uh, and uh, can be used for preventative medicine as well. Problem with coltrazine is it um, can have a lot of side effects, especially uh, diarrhea and vomiting in about 80% of patients. So sometimes it's hard to take. Uh, There's allopurinol, which is another medicine you can take to prevent it. And there's some newer drugs, which I'm not going to get into for the sake of of our our discussion. But really, it's this idea of diet to kind of... uh, prevent these these excess peaks uh and and rapid changes in your uric acid which could cause uh um the the crystals and 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 the the gout to form you know when you're having an attack um you know and and you go in to see your doctor initially they can do x-rays to take a look and sometimes they even do what's called an arthrocentesis you know what that is i don't know if your mom ever had that where they put a needle into the joint and aspirate the fluid out of it no uh yeah so uh, you know the reason why they say that all patients with gout have to have this done is because sometimes it can look like gout or look like a gout attack but it could be an infection in the joint which is called a septic arthritis or a bacterial infection in your joint that's extremely serious uh and can lead to 
complete destruction of your joint. No, so no. you can't, you know, gout is not good either, but the, the other one is very serious, can be life-threatening if the infection spreads. So you really need to make sure that you're not missing that. And there are reports of people who have gout or have high uric acid levels and they go in, they think they just have gout and they end up having a septic arthritis. So uh, you have to be very, very careful about that. So in short, you know, it, it is kind of a unique thing. I think the the main things people can do in their daily life are to, um, you know, try to modify what they're drinking in terms of decrease alcohol, increase water, and and avoid some of those those things. And and I do suggest that um, uh, people really think hard about you know whether uric acid levels alone are enough to di- diagnose it. My reading and from what the experts seem to say, it's not. Uh, again, I'm not saying you're not at risk of it, although you you very well might be, especially if you have any of those other conditions, or again you're taking some of those foods that have high purines in them. But overall, I think you really need to have those attacks uh, to be formally diagnosed with it. Okay, that's our episode for today let us know what you guys thought about the episode what do you guys think about u2 what are your favorite u2 songs and also let us know about gout do you think ali had gout who knows probably his doctor <laughs> way uh, in way in I, that's oh, right anchovies check trout love it haddock pretty good scallops had them last night mutton veal yes by the way what's the difference between mutton and lamb is there a difference Uh, mutton is, let me embarrass myself here. And mutton is old. Mutton is sheep. First of all, mutton is, uh. Oh, and a lamb is a baby. What? Yeah. Mutton is meat from a sheep over two years old. And, uh, a lamb is, uh, mutton and lamb in some parts of the world both refer to the meat that comes from the sheep. The only difference is the age. Yeah. But it does say in some parts of the world and in other, in other parts of the world, mutton refers to goat, which is why you have this question because people use these things interchangeably. It's just people causing so much confusion. I don't (laughs) like it. Let us know what you guys think about that. Dr. V comedian at gmail.com. Dr. V comedian on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are everywhere. Let us know. Lots of controversies, not controversies, lots of things to discuss this episode. So let us know what you guys think. And uh, before we go, just remember that although I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor and definitely not Ollie's doctor. you're You're fired. (laughs) medical issues we talk about for your interest and information only and they're not medical advice please consult your medical professionals for actual medical advice thanks for listening bye